Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Uh, we're in revival. We're not praying for revival. We're in revival. Amen. God is growing this church and building this church, and we had a record attendance in our first service this morning at 9 a.m. For about the last month in a row, we've been breaking a record every single week. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Amen. And that's with always somebody missing. There's always people missing, even on our ministry team. We can't ever get it. It'll be, it'll be heaven. We'll be in heaven, I think, when we ever get all of us here together on one Sunday. But, but we're glad you're here. And uh, we, we want to see God move this morning. And as you're worshiping, how many love that song, by the way? What a beautiful song. Amen. And as we were worshiping, how many felt the presence of God? You could feel it. Now, I know we don't go by feelings because feelings can be fickle. But I love when I can feel the presence of God. And one thing that we are experiencing in our church, and I believe we've been experiencing, is that presence of the Lord. That he's here. And so... I want to talk about a recipe for revival. Now, maybe you don't know what a revival is. Just picture someone that's dying or dead, and they get revived with that machine, and they come back to life again. God wants to revive his church again. Amen? He wants to send the... He, another way to look at that is the, a move of God, a supernatural move of God where lives are being changed, and, and it's not a, a... Let me say it like this. It's not a chore to come to church it's exciting to come to church. Amen. When you wake up on Sunday morning and you can't wait to get here, you're not like, oh, I got to go. You man, I get to go to church. See, that's what I'm talking. I know some of y'all had to come this morning, but some of y'all came because you wanted to come and you couldn't wait to get here. And then you got in here and you felt God's presence. That's revival. Amen. So one thing that's evidence or an ingredient for a recipe for revival There's two things I want to talk about this morning. One is that presence of God where you feel the presence of the Lord. Because I'm not going to ask you if you've been there, but maybe you have. Maybe you've been to a church where you went in and, and you were looking for the casket. You were looking around to see where the body was because it was dead. And it was quiet and it was sad. I, why, like y'all ride right now. Amen. What happened? Amen. There's no body in here. Amen. It's exciting to serve God. It's exciting to think about where I used to be and who I am now. It's exciting to think about the lives that God is changing in this place, amen, the miracles, the testimonies. It's exciting to know we're going to spend eternity in heaven doing this, amen. You don't have to go to work tomorrow if we were in heaven already, amen. You don't have the responsibilities. It's like conference. Heaven's going to be like conference. We go to that conference, and we're gone for a week, and we just totally focused on God for a week. And I always say, this is what heaven's going to be like right here. We don't have to go back to work. We don't have to go back to our normal schedules. But something that's very important is the presence of God, the, the glory of God. And that the second one is lives are being changed, and decisions are being made, and there's a hunger in people to do right. There's a hunger in people to live right. There's a hunger in people for holiness. There's a hunger in people to line them their lives up with the Word of God. Those are two things that are happening in our church and are two things that are a recipe for revival. Amen? 
And so I want you to open your Bibles this morning, if you would, for just a few minutes. We're going to have an awesome time after service. I think we're going to baptize like 11 or 12 people today. Amen. New converts to the Lord. Amen. That God's been saving the last couple months. And it's going to be exciting. If you're family, for somebody, we're glad you're here this morning. If you're visiting, we're glad you're here. And we hope you come back. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5. I'm just going to read three verses and base the message this morning off this. But we're going to kind of break it down. So I just said, so you have it in your mind again, two things. The presence of God, the glory of God, evident, okay, evident in this place. And the second one is that lives are being changed and people are repenting. People are changing. People are, are trying to line their lives up with the word of God. And so we see in this verse in Isaiah, and, and if you don't know this, Isaiah is a prophetic book. It's a powerful book, and it was written uh, 2,700 years ago, which is a long time. I, I've only been around 45, so I can't imagine 2,000. Amen. It was written a long time ago, and it was written for those people then. It was written for the people 1,000 years ago. It was written for the people 2,000 years ago. It was written for the people 500 years ago. And it will be written for us today, and it will be written for those in 500 years from now if the Lord tarries. Because it's prophetic. And it says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I mentioned last week, I believe, that the Bible says that John the Baptist came before Jesus, and he was preparing the way of the Lord for Jesus. He was preaching, repent, repent, turn from your ways, change your ways. And he was preaching that Jesus would come along and they would, and they would die for them. And so I mentioned that all of us are John the Baptist. It is our job and a true revival is happening when I am going forward and I am trying to live a life that is concerning the people behind me that I live in such a way that they would want what I have. That, they would, that I would blaze a trail and they would follow me as I follow Christ. And as we're doing that together, we're not just thinking about us, but we're thinking about the people coming from behind. That they would know Jesus like we do. So this voice is crying out. And that's the church today. That's us individually. And it says, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for God. A highway for God. How many know highways are better than regular ways? Highways are better. Toll ways, not the toll. Take the toll away, but to think of the road without the tolls. Toll ways are better than regular roads because you can pass everybody. God wants us to have that kind of path. <clears throat> then look what it says in 4. Every valley shall be exalted, and every high mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places be made smooth. The glory of the Lord, that's what we want. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Amen. How many want to see the glory of the Lord revealed on a daily basis? And flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Father, I ask you to anoint the next few minutes of your word. Not our words, but your word. I pray that you'd soften our hearts, open our hearts, get our minds and our spirits on the word of God this morning. As we have worshipped you, as we have lifted you up as the most high God, we ask you to speak to us so that fruit would come out of this message. Lives would be changed, decisions would be made. And devil, we command you in every situation, in every 
in every strategy that you have, that you are defeated and we come against you with the blood of Jesus this morning. We declare victory in this place through the powerful word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said? So I, I want to just break this down for a second because as he's saying, make the thing straight, make what's crooked right, make what's high low, make what's low high, he's talking about us. He's, he's saying, I, I see where I want to take you, but there's some problems with you. Not bad, just there's, there's things I'm working on you on. And so some people may get to a place where they think, well, I don't need work anymore. <laughs> That's never going to happen. And if you are in that place, I'll get to you in just a second. But we're never going to be there. We're never going to arrive, but we're in, we're in the process. Amen. No matter where you are this morning in your walk, whether you've been saved for five days or 50 years, how many can say honestly this morning that I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm definitely not who I used to be? Can anybody, can anybody agree with that this morning? I am not where I want to be yet, but I'm definitely not who I used to be. So I want to go over a few things this morning because revival is something supernatural and sovereign. It is where, like I said, people are coming to church because they want to come to church. Lives are being changed. Miracles are happening. Supernatural, unexplainable things are taking place. The presence of the Lord is evidence, but the most important one is that people are getting saved. Lives are being changed, and people's lives and desires are Lord. I want my life to line up with your plan. Okay? That means that people are hungry for the truth. Say that with me this morning. I want the truth. I know I do. I want the truth. Tell me like it is. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't change it. Don't make it like I want to hear it. Tell me what I need to hear. And that's what he's saying in Isaiah. He says, I want to give you my glory, but before I reveal my full glory to you, I've got I've to fix some things on you. I've got I've to work on you a little bit like a master craftsman. So number one that I want to go over this morning in, in, in this message is that he says in that verse, everything that's high, or sorry, low, will be lifted up. So how many have ever driven on a road, maybe this morning, where there was a lot of potholes? And your car's falling in and everything, and it's bang, boom, bang, bum, and, and, and it's not fun. How many would prefer to drive on a smooth road? There's nothing nicer than a brand new paved road, no matter how long it lasts. Sometimes it doesn't last very long, but it's nice to drive on that nice smooth road. So God is seeing the road in front of us, and he's saying there's some areas in your life that are low. There's some things that need to be filled. There's some things that need to be fixed so that I can go the way I want to go in your life and do what I want to do in your life. Sometimes that can be lack of things. If you think about a valley, if you think about a valley that, that needs to be made straight, a crevice, a gutter, or a low place, that needs to be brought up to the place where it's level, okay, so, there's, so you don't fall in it, fall in those holes. Sometimes it can be, some of the low spots can be, for example, our prayer life can be a low spot. How much we read the Bible, how much we go to church, unforgiveness can cause low spots, guilt and anger, self-righteousness. There's a bunch of things that can cause these things, and, and I'm just giving you examples, but the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and the Holy Spirit will speak to me and show me what are the areas. Maybe it's physical problems. Maybe it's financial things. Maybe it's a marital problem. Whatever has us down, okay, whatever has us down, God wants to lift us up. 
Whatever it is down, he wants, he wants to pull us up in those areas that are low. Maybe it's low self-esteem. Maybe it's low faith. Whatever it is, he wants to pull us up. Do you see that picture this morning? We're down. He wants to pull us up. We're, we're not in the place we need to be. We're, we're being maybe defeated by the devil. We're being lied to by the devil. The devil's telling us things that are not true. We're listening. We're believing. We're, we're, we're falling into the trap of the fact that he is the, the, the father of all lies, the accuser of the brethren. You might be in lack this morning, and you might be feeling guilty for something. You're down. God wants to lift you up. He wants to lift you up off the ground. That's number one. Number two is that every mountain, here's the opposite, every mountain shall be made low. This means that there are areas in our lives where we think too highly of ourselves. Nobody, I'm not talking to anybody in here this morning. Amen? Maybe we get to the place where God is really moving in our lives and I start to think that I'm somebody. I start to think that I have arrived. I am God's gift to Christianity. I am the walking, living example of Paul today. Amen. I am, I am Ruth in the flesh. Amen. Whatever it is, you just get to that place where you're like, man, I, my prayer life is, is powerful, and I, all I do is just pray all the time, and I haven't sinned for a few weeks, and, and I'm just I'm on it. Amen. If you got to get, to get to that place, God says, I might, have to, I might have to bring you down a little bit. I'm going to have to humble you a little bit. Amen? So sometimes we can have those high places in our lives. That's a barrier from the glory of God coming in. So the goal is, as I'm talking about this morning, in case you're not clear, is we want to continue to see revival. We want to continue to grow. We want to cultivate it. We want to embrace it. We, want to, we don't want it to just come and leave. We don't want it to just pass through. Amen? We want it to be here. We want it to be evident. And, 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 and I, I feel like we've been seeing for a, a while, not even a short while, but a while, God move. But it's not what God totally wants to do. It's just the beginning. Amen? And we can be a part of something amazing. But in our own personal lives, we have to make sure that jealousy and pride and lust and, and worry and hypocrisy, I mean, there's so many words, busyness, Guilt, unforgiveness, these are things that would cause us to, to be too high. If it's a high area, it needs to be knocked down a little bit. So just like a, a pothole, you could have an area in the road that's too high. That's just as bad. I mean, have you ever had a speed bump that wasn't marked? Right? Not good. Or a high part of the road where it messes up your tire. So God wants to smooth out the road. He wants everything. He, he, God doesn't want things to be rocky. But they're rocky a lot of times in our lives because we're not allowing God to work on us. Okay? Number three. The crooked shall be made straight. This is where, how many have ever needed an alignment on your car? Right? Your, your car gets out of whack because of the potholes. I used to joke around, and I, it's jokingly serious, in Costa Rica. The roads are, are there's so many holes, and listen, I know part of it is the rain. Okay? It is rain. But they would fix it with asphalt. It rains eight months out of the year in Costa Rica, and it rains hard. Not like here where it teases us. Like you think it's going to rain, and you get enough drops just to be more humid and dirty your car. Just gets you mad, amen? But it really rains over there for eight months out of the year, and so it is hard to keep the road straight, or sorry, paved good, because that rain just beats on the pavement. But they need to switch over and put all the roads to cement. That's very expensive. But I used to think, man, they've got to deal with the government 
because they, 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 they're like, hey, the, the car alignment place is like, hey, you keep the roads bad. We'll take care of the cars. Because, I mean, to keep your car aligned over there, you got to spend six months out of the year in the shop keeping your car aligned. How many like to drive down the road if you drive and, and you don't have to worry about it pulling to the left or pulling to the right? Is there anybody else here that that drives you nuts if you get in the car and it pulls? That's just like one of my pet peeves. It drives me nuts when I'm driving down the road and it pulls because your tire's off, your alignment's off, something's off. That's the, that's not, that's the way God wants us to, in our walk, he wants it to be straight. He wants to come in and say, listen, this is a little bit crooked. And sometimes the way things get crooked, listen to this, is, is there's a spirit sometimes as a, as, a, as a new believer or even an older believer that the deceitfulness can come in. Or, or, or devil can put a slippery slope in front of us, and so things get out of whack. Sometimes you're dealing with somebody in the ministry, and you realize, man, their thinking is out of whack right now. They have gotten a little bit crooked, and God wants to put that back. He wants to put it back right again. Amen? I mean, they're still here. So this speaks of a deceptive nature. That's kind of what we've been talking about the last few months, how there's so much false teachings. There's so many things that are being taught that are not biblical. And everything we do needs to line up with the Word of God. Amen? So areas, sometimes I think the areas that that happens the most in is in our relationships. We can get off in crooked relationships. And it can happen at work. You can become self-righteous, like I said. Or you can have uh, too much um, recreation or hobbies. Here's the bottom line. Anything, say anything, that becomes greater than God is an idol. So if you're saying, how, how do I know this morning <clears throat> if I'm in the right path, if I'm walking with God? You check yourself and make sure that there's nothing that is more important than God. We were listening to that song, Carl and I in the car the other day, that's uh, Nothing Else. And we've sang it in the altar call here before. And I, and I, and I look, it says, nothing else. All I desire is you. I don't want anything. I'm not asking for anything. I just want you. That's the place God wants us to be in our walk with him. That we don't need Anything else, I told Carla, that's revival. When we are in a place with God that we don't need anything else but God. Anything else but his presence. Pastor Mario said in the first service, he'd rather have peace than all the money in the world. Amen? You can't buy peace. You can't buy the presence of God. You can't buy those things. They're, they're things that you have to re- just receive from God, and they're so awesome and so powerful. And so you, if you're letting any of those things come in, get them out so that the glory of God can come. Amen? Because we want to see a revival. We want to see uh, God move in such a supernatural way that they're talking about Denton, Texas 20 years from now. How many want them to be talking about Victory World Outreach in Denton, Texas in 20 years, about the revival that happened on that, in that old country western store that got changed into a church off of I-35. I do because I remember 20, almost 30 years ago there was a revival in Pensacola, Florida. Some people have been saved long enough to remember that. There was another one that happened up in Canada. There's been ones over in, in Europe, in Africa. In the 1800s there was a great move of God in England. And, and I grew up hearing about these things, and I'm tired of hearing about them. I want to experience them. How many are tired about hearing about revival and want to experience revival? 
a move of God that's unexplainable, a move of God that doesn't even make sense, where people are lining up outside the door to get in because God's doing something inside the house. Lives are being changed. Miracles are happening. Chains are breaking off. Things are happening that only God can do. How many want to be a part of that? In this, in this one revival in, in, in uh, Pensacola, Florida, in Brownsville, there was an evangelist named Steve Hill. He's actually passed away and gone on to the Lord. He ended up pastoring down the road in somewhere in Fort, near Fort Worth before he passed away. But he was used mightily in this revival. And I remember I had just gotten saved. And I wanted to see a move of God so bad. So I was tempted to do what a lot of people did. A lot of people would go all the way to Florida from all over the United States. And they said, we got to go see what's happening at this revival. Here's how, and it was a legitimate, real revival. Millions did you hear me? Millions of people got saved. Not thousands, millions. And I don't know exactly what the population of Pensacola was, but it was not a humongous city. But they were in such a revival that when the police pulled somebody over, they gave them the option to go to church or to go to jail. How many would love to see that happen here in Denton, Texas? Amen? They pull somebody over and say, we'll take you to Victory World Outreach or you go to jail. We'll take you to church or you go to jail. Amen? That was actually happening. And people were getting saved wholesale. People's lives were being changed. The problem was, and this is where we're at today, is that people would go and they'd listen to the songs. They'd write the songs down. They'd listen to the messages and they'd write the messages down. Probably looked at the color of the paint on the walls and wrote that down. I looked at how they were dressed, and I don't, know, I don't know all they did, but they came back to the churches, and they tried to copy it. Listen, you can't copy a sovereign move of God. When God moves, he moves because he's God. Okay? But you can put yourself in position. And that's what this is talking about. He said there at the end, I want to send my glory. But to send my glory, for him to show his, his full glory, he says, I've got to straighten some things out. I've got to take some things that are high and low. I've got to think, lift up some things that are low, high. I've got, to, I've got to rough out some edges in your lives so that I can fill that place. And, and it can be a move of God that God gets the glory for. See, that's what he wants. Amen. He wants to get all the glory. It's not, it's not, it's not a man-made thing. It's a God-made thing. Amen. Last one, number four. It says in those verses, the rough places will be made plain or smooth. Ever met somebody and said, man, they're a little rough around the edges? Right? Maybe I, I would think that someone said that about a lot of us in here. They're a little rough around the edges. Well, we need that stuff to be worked out. And if you think about uh, how a diamond works, they said diamonds are a lady's best friend. Amen? Diamonds, when they're, when they're pulled out of that coal, they're diamonds. They are what they are. But how many know to make that diamond really, really valuable, that person has to start cutting off, cutting that diamond up in certain ways. And the more they cut it, the rough edges off, the more the light shines out of it. We're all here, and I know someone's probably never called you this before, but we're all diamonds. Is that a good way to finish this message? We're all diamonds in the rough. And now we're in the process, as the musicians come this morning, now we're in the process of God taking us as diamonds. We weren't diamonds when we were born, 
But once we became born again, we became diamonds. We became his righteousness. We became his children. Amen. We, and the people who are going to get baptized can begin to leave. Don't worry. Don't, we won't be disrespectful. Amen. But stay with me up here. And so he's, he's looking at us and he's saying, okay, according to Isaiah, I see some areas in this that are a little high. I need to lock that down a little bit. I see an area here that's low. I need to smooth that out over here. I see an area that's a little rough. I need to make sure that that's right. And he's looking at us. And when he does that, the more he smooths us out, the more the light of Jesus shines. Amen. The more people see Jesus in our lives. Amen. How many want that? How many desire that? In your life. I believe that that's what we desire here. I believe that's what we want. We want our lights to shine in such a way that Jesus is the one. You know, when Peter was walking the earth and when he was really getting this message, because he got it back then too, he was so in tune with God and so, so sold out to God, he had that attitude of nothing else matters so much that the Bible says his shadow healed people. They said, we got to get over there. We just got to get near Peter. And if we get near Peter, his shadow will heal us. How many would like to have that kind of walk with God this morning? That your shadow heals people. That they walk into your presence. And before you even lift your hand to put your hand on their head and say, I'll pray with you or grab their hand. They're already healed. Because the glory of God is in their life, in your life this morning. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, there's things in our lives that need to be smoothed out. There's areas in our lives that are high that God wants to make low. There's areas where we're low and he wants to pick us up and get us back to where we need to be. There might be some things this morning that get crooked. You might need some alignment. Let God align you this morning with his word. Let God keep you in that place where you can see a revival in your life. As we're in this attitude of prayer, I want to ask you, sorry, to look at the screen one more time. I want to read one more verse, Romans chapter 13. And do this. I've I've always been been teaching you guys half the battle is obedience. Do this. Knowing the time. Let me know we got to know the time. The times we're living in. That now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. For now... Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. How many times have I said that to you guys? We're closer now than we were a year ago. That return of Jesus Christ is closer today than it was a year ago or a month ago or two days ago. He says, it's here. Now, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. So he says, what should we do? Let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as is in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. One of the things that I've been really feeling in my spirit, and I'm going to probably preach a message on it soon, but I feel like saying it right here is, We're in a generation right now that is so given over to our own desires. We're so self-indulging. It's what we want. It's what I want. It's what I need. And there's no longer any sacrifice. There's no longer any picking up our cross. There's no longer denying ourselves. And 
Revival comes when it stops being about us. A move of God happens when I'm not worried about who's going to get the glory. A revival happens when I'm not worried about what I want. Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I get away? No, it's God, I want to sell out to you. I want to sell out to you. I want, I want nothing else, nothing else but you. When a group of people do that, we get the book of Acts experience. And the church is, da- is added to daily, those that should be saved. As your heads are bowed this morning all over this place, how many from front to back and side to side could be honest with God in this place we'll never have another September 29th, 2019. Tomorrow's not promised. You read that verse with me. It said, today's the day. Time is at hand. It's high time to get your life together with God. But it's not about cleaning up. It's about surrendering. When you surrender to the Lord, He comes in and He cleans you and He changes you and He transforms you and He teaches you in the way you should go. If you passed into eternity this morning, if you breathed your last breath, where would you spend eternity? It's a real place. It's a real reality. Jesus wants you to spend it with him. Matter of fact, for the last 2,000 years, the Bible says he's been preparing a place for us. That where he is, we may be also. But how many in this place could say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today where I'd go. You can know right now. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is no one good, not one. The Bible says our righteousness, our goodness, the good works we can do is filthy rags. Because the only way somebody can be right with God is to be right with His Son. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He loves you. He paid a price for you, sacrificed His life. He breathed His last breath physically so you and I could be saved. How many in this place would be honest and say, Pastor, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to spend eternity separated from God. I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. I want to accept today what Jesus did for me on the cross. And I want to give my life to the Lord. Would you just lift your hand and put it back down this morning? All over this place, that's me. I need Jesus. All over this place, quickly, just lift your hand and put it back down. That's me. I need a Savior. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? All over this place. I'm going to wait just a moment. How many more? I need Jesus. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? The Holy Spirit's working on you right now. These aren't my words. The Bible says that He's knocking on the door of your heart right now, and He's saying, let me in. You've tried everything else. You've tried to do it your way, and what have you gotten? Pain and heartache? Do it my way. My way is good, God says. He says, I am the way. I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one's going to come unto the Father except through me. I really feel that there's people that come to church, and they say, I can't get right with God. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. You don't know how many mistakes I've made. Or or some people just say, you know what, I just like my sin too much and I don't want to give it up. Well, that's a choice you have to make. you got to do the math. 
27 years ago, I made a choice that the things that I was doing and the pleasures that I had were not worth spending eternity in hell by disobeying and rejecting God. And I've never regretted it for 27 years. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. I want to give just a few more seconds. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but something inside of you is telling you're not right with me. The Holy Spirit is saying, I'm a holy God. I'm a righteous God. And you will give an account for your life to me. You can do it as, as a judge or you can do it with me as your Savior. That's your choice. How many more could say, Pastor, pray for me this morning. I need Jesus. Just lift that hand up and put it right back down. The Holy Spirit's working. Amen. Let's stand all over this place. And staying in this attitude of of prayer and reverence quickly if you made that decision you lifted your hand you said I need Jesus this morning God knows you I don't know you God knows you and you got to make a choice you got to make that choice while you're alive here there's no second chances once you breathe your last breath it's over you only get one one chance to make it right the devil doesn't want you to get saved devil doesn't want you to change your life. He likes you the way you are. But the devil's already lost. He's just trying to take people with him. Why would you want to follow him? He's never done anything for you. Jesus came down from heaven, from perfection, and and died for you. And here's the crazy thing. He died for you even if you reject him. That's one of the things that's blown me away all all the years I've been saved. I thought, man, if even the people who reject him, he still did it for them, knowing they were going to reject him. Me and you wouldn't do that. But thank God he did. He said, while you were still sinners, Christ died for you, for the ungodly. So if you, didn't raise, if you raised your hand, I want you to step out of your seat. If you didn't raise your hand, something's still telling you, i got to go, i got to make a decision. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're running from the Lord. Maybe you knew the Lord at some point in your life. But you've turned, you've gone back to your old ways like that prodigal son. You're just out messing around with things and you know you got to get right. I'm going to ask you quickly, all of this place, if you raised your hand or you know you need to come, just step out of your seat to the nearest aisle real quick and come down here. I'm going to wait for you just for a minute. I'm going to pray with you. Quickly, just step out. Hands went up. Just step down. Step out and come forward. Just come stand right here. Amen. You can stay facing me. Amen. Someone's going to come and just stand behind you to support you. Amen. Praise God. How many more? I want to wait just a moment more. I'm telling you, we don't know what tomorrow's promised. It's not promised. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Amen. You won't have an excuse. I've given you the gospel. Jesus loves you. It's very simple. He paid a price you could never pay. And all you got to do is accept him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray all together. Lord Jesus. I come before you this morning and I know I need a Savior. I understand your word that says the wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus, while I was still a sinner, you came and died for me. You laid your life down on that cross. You were beaten for me. You bled for me, for my sins, and I believe that. I believe you're the perfect sacrifice. 
Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that you didn't stay in the tomb, but you rose from the dead. And today, because of that, and that alone, I'm saved. Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean from all of my mistakes. Make me a new creation. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I promise from this day forward, I'm going to let you take away the rough edges. I'm going to let you make what's crooked straight. I'm going to let you fix my life and line it up with your word. Thank you, Jesus. And devil, I tell you, I no longer serve you. I serve Jesus. I'm a child of the King. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise because the Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. Amen. Because of that decision to put your faith in what Jesus did. Amen. We're going to open up the altar and ask you guys just to stay here for a second. We've got a book that you can take home to read. And there's lots of ways to get involved. If you don't live here, find a church. If you do, get involved right away because the decision you just made is the best and hardest decision you've ever made. But I learned a long time ago, I'm going to have problems with or without God. I'd much rather have God with me. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust, so we all have problems. But all these people in here that are behind you have done what you just did this morning. And they've found that there's a family here and help. And there's other people. I promise you there's not anything you could be going through that someone in this place hasn't gone through, hasn't battled alcoholism, drug addiction, loneliness, depression, suicide, whatever it is, this place is full. You're going to see people this morning who've just been delivered from things that are amazing, amazing testimonies. And your testimony is starting right now. It's starting today. And the thing I want you to realize, amen, let's give the Lord a hand. It's the truth. Your testimony is starting right now. The thing I want you to realize that's the most amazing is Everything you've ever done before right now, and I know this is going to be hard to believe because I said everything you've ever done is gone. Gone. Totally wiped out. Like if you were standing before me as a judge this morning and I started reading all the things that you've had against you and you're looking at going to being sentenced for life. And I'm like, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and you're just standing there condemned. Jesus steps in and says, nope, I died for all that. Look at the book again. And the judge starts looking, and all the pages are empty. And there's nothing there. Totally empty. That's where you are right now. Totally clean. Amen. Those, those tears are God's tears. Because it's hard to believe that we could be forgiven, but you have. Today is the beginning of the rest of your life, and I'm telling you, it's the best decision you've ever made. But I want you to leave with that in your mind. Only what you do going forward is what you're going to have to deal with. The past is over. People who are getting baptized, the past is over. All of you that are in here this morning, the past is over. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Stop looking behind you. 
Stop trying to look back at your past hurts and your past failures because they're forgotten. They're under the blood of Jesus. Amen. They're as far as the east is from the west. They're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.